Testing, one, two, three, one, two, three, testing. I'm Ben McAdams, and I represent Utah's 4th Congressional District. Before I was elected last November, I was the mayor of Salt Lake County. It's my belief that Washington might work better if we thought about governing the country the way mayors approach leading their communities. In this podcast, I'm hoping to show you what being a member of Congress is really like, and whether it's possible to run this country the way we run our local governments. Welcome to Washington. So I'm here with Deandra and Gregory Brown, who stopped by my office to talk about an issue that they've been working on uh, for survivors of uh, abuse. And they're working on extending the statute of limitations. A lot of childhood survivors of abuse don't come forward until adulthood and sometimes much later in adulthood and, and only to find out that the statute of limitations has passed and they can't get any justice for the crimes that have been committed. And so they have have a foundation. They've been doing a lot of work in the state of Utah and looking nationally at statutes of limitation and how we might protect not only prior victims of abuse, but future victims of, of abuse, since in many cases this is um, an ongoing crime. And so let me invite Deandra and Gregory to talk a little bit about their work and, and why they stopped in my office today. Hello. Thank you for having us. Um, I am out here from Utah just for the day to talk about, like you said, statute of limitations for crimes of sexual abuse. Um, my sisters and I are all survivors of sexual abuse by our father. Um, and I just remember thinking that having the opportunity in the state of Utah to uh, look forward and, and search out a case against our father um, was a big deal as a victim. And uh, through our work with the Five Browns, our musical group, victims from all over the country reached out to us and sent us emails. And all of a sudden, we realized statute of limitations are vastly different depending upon where you live. And it has made us um, not just grateful for the state of Utah and the laws that we've we've worked on over the past many years, but makes us anxious about making sure that victims all over the country are protected under the laws. You know, uh, so I, I myself have not suffered abuse, but I have had the opportunity to be able to kind of watch my sisters um, confront their own uh, history of, of childhood sex abuse. And uh, honestly, I, I kind of, I think that watching them uh, confront it and begin to heal from it and seek justice for what was done to them uh, has been probably the most courageous and brave thing I've ever witnessed in my life. Um, and I, I, I'm not sure that I would ever have had been able to have the strength that they had uh, to to uh, to confront the issues of their past that, like they have, um, but I, I definitely know that I would not have been able to do it within any statute of limitations, um, which is one of the really, which is the reason why we are here today talking with Congressman McAdams. <laughs> so the legislative process, the you're here, I guess, as citizen lobbyists and um, with a personal story, but also working to protect uh, so many other kids out there who maybe don't have a voice for themselves. Um, and this isn't this isn't your first time here at the Capitol and working on an issue. Maybe tell me a little bit about the history of this issue that you've been working on to, you know, to really encourage a fresh look at at states and their statute of limitations and even federal approach to statute of limitations for survivors of abuse. We have seen a huge movement over the past uh, few years since we have begun these discussions about statute of limitations and 
it's it's unfortunate that these cases continue to come up in the media and around the country where you see victims running up against statute of limitations. But I guess the silver lining is that a lot of educating is happening. A lot of people are seeing that these crimes are not only out there, but that we need to have these discussions about allowing victims time to come forward. And um, the average victim waits till their 40s before they finally disclose this abuse. And so we originally started legislation with Senator Harry Reid. Once he retired, we um, have great support from Senator Gillibrand. And we're over here speaking with, with you today and hopefully some of our other Utah delegation to uh, move forward with sister legislation in the House to hopefully allow victims to have the opportunity to heal in their own time frame and protect our communities better at the same time. Now, ni- neither of you are in politics and um, or... Um, but you're, you're starting this. What was the process like to reach out? You, you started both at the Utah legislature, right? And then here federally. I'm, I'm wondering what listeners can gather as far as engaging with their elected officials on, on topics of, of personal interest and, and what you found to be successful, where doors have opened for you. Now you are renowned, at least in, in some of our circles, uh, as with the five Browns as, uh, as musicians. Um, did that open doors or and what do you think is the key to opening doors and to having people listen to your story and care and care about your issue? I've had several, um, you know, members of the public approach me year after year, um, and ask what is the number one thing that we can do? I feel like, you know, I'm just one person. How can I ever help affect change? And I've been surprised over the years that if legislators hear from even a handful of individuals about a specific topic, all of a sudden it's on their radar. They realize that it's important to their constituents and your voice does matter. Um, and if you can, you know, s- schedule a meeting to meet with their team in person or share your stories of why this impacts you, even it's even more powerful. So I think that, that it, if we go throughout life thinking that we're just one individual and we'll never be able to help lead change. I think that you're really selling yourself short. Um, yes, obviously we're the first to say that because of the work that we've done with the five Browns that can maybe open up the path a little bit more, but I really am passionate about the fact that we have this opportunity as citizens to raise our voices and legislators honestly do want to hear from you. So whatever you can do to let them know that this is an important issue, do it. You know, and uh, I, I think far too often uh, the, the people who are directly affected by a given issue uh, are usually the the first to uh, to have to shoulder the burden of standing up for that issue. And I, I've seen that to be the case um, with with this issue as well. Um, and I, I, as someone who was not abused myself, I, I think it's really, really important for the rest of us uh, to to stand up with our uh, survivor friends because it this this scourge of abuse touches basically every family knows somebody who has been uh, abused in this way, and the the chances are that someone in your close circle has been affected by this and. They shouldn't have to stand up for, uh, by themselves. Um, so it's it's really important for the rest of us to do whatever we can to help support them. So I just want to make maybe make an observation and see if you have any comment on this. But I think you probably have more experience on Capitol Hill than I do, right? <laughs> I've been here. 
I've been here for a few months, and um, and you know, you mentioned working with Senator Reid on legislation, and in fact, other Republicans and Democrats who you're working with on on your proposed legislation. I've been here for a couple of months, and one observation I have, you know, coming from, I spent some time in the state legislature, and then as Salt Lake County Mayor, and at that level, we were able to move pretty quickly. Like you and I could sit down and say, uh, you know, you could tell me about your issue, and I could say, you're right, let's take action, and. Within a few weeks, we take action on it. You know, state legislature, you've worked at the state legislature, and I've watched, wasn't, while well, I wasn't directly involved, uh, with your issues on Capitol Hill, I think I'd left, I was already moved on to mayor when your advocacy started. But you bring forward legislation, you get it through this session, maybe you come back the next session, you do a little bit of work, but you've, you've been up there and you actually see stuff happen. At the, at the federal level, you mentioned Senator Reed, who's kind of a, he's been gone for a few years. What, he retired in 16? In 16. So it's been, so that it's much slower moving at the federal level. And I guess my first observation would be at some, at some level, that's okay. The federal government can really have an impact on this country for good or for bad. So it's a huge impact. So it's probably good for the federal government to be slow and deliberate. But tell me about your observations about it is slow. It is deliberate. You have to be patient and persistent. Uh, give me your advice as someone who has less experience than you on that topic. You know, it's, it's one of the things that, that I joke about, but my personality is I, I can be a little bit stubborn. And on this issue, I am stubborn and I'm willing to be patient it, as long as the end result is where it, it needs to be. Um, I, I feel like over the past several years, I've had to be okay with planting seeds everywhere I go and knowing and having faith in the fact that at some point that when the time is right, and enough seeds have been planted that the end result will will get to where I would hope for it to be. Um, so it's it's one of those things that I, I look at my daughter who's eight years old, and I think you know when I started this, she was just a toddler, and it's okay with me if it needs to continue to be thoroughly vetted and discussed. If the end result is by the time she's my age, she's much better protected. I'm okay with that. I mean, I would love for it not to take that long, <laughs> but I also am realistic in the fact that we want to do this the right way. We want to do this with bipartisan support. We want to make sure that everyone is invested in protecting our kids and protecting our victims. And if it takes longer to make sure that that process is done right, I'm willing to wait. Yeah, it's, it sort of reminds me of uh, our, our music career uh, because we have kind of devoted our, our whole lives to my siblings and I to uh to playing music and uh when you're learning how to play the piano it takes a really really long time almost a, a lifetime um and this you know is i think washington dc is sometimes a, a little bit similar you know sometimes in order to get uh things to where you hope that they'll be uh it takes a lot of patience and a lot of work but we're excited to engage in that work well deandra and gregory brown thanks for stopping by my office um and for helping me to understand the issue and i look i hope to be helpful but thank you for taking the time to to inform me and to work with me and, and look forward to stepping in and working alongside with you on this issue and for everybody out there listening i think this is I hope an interesting insight into how some of the legislative process works. I have people from Utah stopping by all the time to talk to me about issues and and how we can in, impact them for good or for bad and what we should or should not do at the federal level. And um, I've been inspired to see the the level of engagement that happens here. And um, you know, w I have a policy of an open door, and I hope people feel that. And 
while it is slow and sometimes deliberate and sometimes slower than we'd hope it would be, I think you can get stuff done in Washington. All right, to Deandra and Gregory Brown, two of the five Browns, thanks for being with us today. I want to thank you for listening to Washington. What I'd really love to hear is from you. To follow this journey, subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, the KSL Radio app, and anywhere you find interesting podcasts. To be part of this experiment in making the world's most powerful city responsive to citizens, please email me at tips at loudmouthproject.com. I'm Tom Luma, and this has been Washington. We'd like to thank the village that made this episode possible. Andrea Smartin, Amy Donaldson, Allison Heron, Danny Akana, and of course, Congressman Ben McAdams.